1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTFL. It's Tuesday, the September sixth. It is twenty twenty two. We have twelve baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by my buddy, Eyes eight one nine, Keith Eiser. What's happening, my friend?
2: Not much, man. We're winding down the baseball season here. We have real life NFL football this week. Uh, we were just talking about how this baseball season kind of drags on here at the end but when we have football to break it up it's nice so enjoy these last big baseball slates while we got them um football season is right around the corner
1: as a gator fan football season started this past (laughs) weekend um very low expectations for my gators this year but i mean that was a good game i don't think utah's the best team in the world but that was a good game ar-15 doing his thing and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm pumped for NFL to be back. It'd be really interesting, um, you know, Thursday's showdown game to get us started, Buffalo and LA. Like, two good teams, two solid defenses. Like, it'd be a, be a hoot and a holler. I don't think we'll see much defense played Thursday, though. We'll see. Um, that's my, my Monday or t- Tuesday take on Thursday night's football game. So I do think, um, really quick before we get into this baseball slate that on Thursday's podcast for baseball is a very small slate. So we'll actually probably break down Thursday night football game as well. The morning grind NFL show will be back this year. As always, that will come out on Thursdays like it did last year. So double podcast on Thursdays, just like last year. So, Programming alerts done. Let's get into talking some baseball here. We get started with Toronto at Baltimore. Mitch White going up against Bradish. Any interest? Or I guess Baltimore, or this is like a pick 'em game. Uh, any interest here in Mitch White?
2: The price tag is tempting. Um, but this Baltimore offense has been sneaky good the the second half of the season. I mean, he's slightly below average with his strikeouts. There's a cheaper pitcher on the slate that I think kind of makes white not necessary on this slate. Um, I think he's fine. I don't hate the matchup, but like I said, Baltimore's kind of been sneaky good. The price tag is attractive. Um, just I don't think this is going to be the slate for him because we've got another guy who's who's in a much better matchup, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, outside of, like, the cores game, which has an 11 total, this game has an 8.5, and, and we have a lot of 7, seven and a half eights 8s um, on this slate. So a lot of potential low-scoring games. Um, I think Baltimore is a lot better than we give them credit for, especially the second half of the season. Mitch White is a less than 20% K guy. Strikes out lefties at an even lower clip. And I mean, he's probably going to get four, five, six lefties in this Baltimore lineup. So I'm probably going to pass on him. And then Bradish has been semi-reverse splits in a in a pretty small sample size here this season. Um 375 Wobo 210 ISO against righties compared to a 301. And a 106 ISO against lefties. This lineup is right-handed heavy. You have to be able to attack right-handed hitters. And Bradish has good like change-up fastball combos for lefties, and the slider's just not
2: working as well against righties. What are your thoughts here on Bradish? Completely on the same page. I, I think you nailed that. Um he, he has actually struggled to right-handed batters more than he has to lefties. And that's a problem when you're facing this Toronto lineup with all kinds of right-handed power. So, I like the tra- Toronto bats in this spot. I think Bradish is a good pitcher, and and he's going to figure it, figure it out eventually. Um, hasn't been horrible this year, but just not a great matchup for him. I like the Toronto side.
1: Yeah i I like the Toronto bats here. You know, like I said, we have a lot of. Low potential scoring games overall in this slate. So I think Toronto against a guy that's giving up 40% fly balls and 44% hard contact against righties. Toronto stack
2: definitely play here today. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially the, like looking for some home runs here. Um, The Baltimore bullpen has, has been great and the Toronto stack is really expensive. So I'm still on the fence about the full stack, but if you want to do a three-man, I, I absolutely love it. Just looking for some home runs. I think Vlad sets up phenomenally in this spot. He's expensive, but he's he's somebody I'm going to pay for for sure. Uh, Springer, Bichette, even Austin Kirk is over 5K. Chapman is up above 5K now. Like This Toronto stack is really expensive, and there's not a ton of value in, within the stack to, to help make it work. If Jansen's in the lineup, he's 3,800. Um, and then just depending on who's at second, if it's Espinall or Biggio or even Merrifield in, in that lineup, maybe that's the guy that, that can help you get to a couple of the studs, but Vlad is definitely my favorite here. Um, everybody else is really expensive. Uh, Springer and Bichette obviously have the power as well, but Vlad, Vlad would be the primary guy. And I'm trying to figure out how to, how to make the full stack work and still play the pitching. We want to play on the slate. There is that one cheap guy that I into that, um who could potentially help you do that?
1: My, I mean, the Baltimore side here. Like, I like Baltimore. I just the pricing. the The pricing is it's, it makes them really tough because, like I said, Mitch White, not great. Low, low strikeouts to lefties. They're going to put the ball in play against Mitch White, but he's also very good at generating soft contact. So. Kind of on the fence about Baltimore at these prices. I probably don't full stack them. Maybe I go like two cheap bats and one expensive bat as like a mini stack, but Baltimore is not my favorite team today.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, Gunnar Henderson is still underpriced. He, I I love him as a value bat. Um, if you want to pair a couple of guys, like Rutschman has been so good recently. The price tag is following his production uh, all the way up to 5,600 now. Uh, Mullins is up there right, right next to him. Those are the two guys I would want with Henderson, um, but that's that's kind of tough to make work. Stowers has been getting some time in the outfield. He's still minimum price, so if he's in the lineup, maybe that you can go Henderson, Stowers, and one of the studs. Um, I think that's a, a pretty nice three-man there. Mount Castle is still a little bit underpriced too. Like you said we prefer lefties against white, but Mount Castle has plenty of power. I wouldn't mind putting him in there at, at 3900. Mateo with his speed I think is an option as well at 3600. Um I have some interest in the full stack. I think there's there's ways to make it work. Um but you definitely would have to leave out one of Rutchman, Mullins or Santander which that's it's it's tough to figure out which one of those guys to exclude.
1: All right, moving on. We got Minnesota at New York. This is one of the games on this slate that we'll be watching the weather. Um, Yankees, a a 200 favorite here, seven total. Joe Ryan against Garrett Cole. If the weather is okay, am I crazy for having interest here in Joe Ryan? Like Rizzo's banged up, Stanton's banged up. They just put Ben Nintendi on the IO. Like, this could be a really watered down Yankees lineup and I mean Joe Ryan has some upside. Like am
2: I am I crazy here? I don't think you're crazy. Um I have similar interest. Um there's kind of this group of four or five guys that are all around 25% K's uh and in that like 6-7% walk range and Joe Ryan is the cheapest of the bunch. He definitely has um the toughest matchup with this Yankees power. But if, if a couple of those guys miss and aren't in the lineup, um, I think he, he's going to be right there with, with the other guys. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the, the Yankees have some strikeout upside. Ryan has been a, a really solid pitcher this year. Uh, I think there's some upside at this price for sure.
1: Yeah. They are talking about Rizzo not being back to like Wednesday and it was like a foot injury that Stanton came out of the game. um, i just i just read it before we like started so it, i don't know i mean if stanton's out and rizzo's out it's judge torres donaldson and then what's the rest of the lineup look like like trevino cabrera Lecastro gonzalez like type of lineup like i don't know man this is a dude with a 30.5 percent k rate against righties and they can't get left-handed heavy I think Joe Ryan, depending on the Yankees lineup and depending on the weather, might be a
2: phenomenal play in tournaments today. I'm with you. I definitely definitely will be keeping an eye on the, the lineup and the weather too. Like you said, there there is a little bit of weather risk here. Um, but yeah, if, if it's if Roth gives it the go, I'm I'm interested in Ryan for tournaments for sure.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, that could lower his ownership even more if we have like a iffy Roth gives it an okay, but it looks iffy. People hate playing pitchers in those situations. So, I mean, Garrett Cole on the other side of this game, talent-wise, I mean, he's Garrett Cole. We got Bieber against Kansas City. You got a couple other guys like Kyle Wright against Oakland. You could make a strong case for Kyle Wright being the number one pitcher facing Oakland today if you're considering price because he's $1,500 cheaper. What are your thoughts here on Cole going up against this offense?
2: Yeah, best skills on the slate – Probably the only true ace. I mean, there are a couple of guys that are bordering on that Bieber and Musgrove. Uh, Woodruff is in is in Coors, so that knocks him down for sure. Cole's the number one option, assuming that the weather is a go. That the price tag is tough. Um, no Buxton in this Minnesota lineup, though. Um, I, I would probably be trying to get to Cole as much as I can, even though I think the the eight and nine K range is is pretty strong today. Any interest in the Minnesota bats? Um, no, I mean, you can always try to hunt for a home run against Cole Correa's $4,700 price tag. Not too bad. Um, would probably be looking cheaper if I was trying to find a home run. Kepler's had a really tough season, but he probably profiles the best um, He's banged up right not, now. Yeah. He he may not even play. Yeah. Um,
1: he had a hip. He got scratched Monday.
2: I saw the alert when I was driving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there, there's not a lot to love outside of of Korea I would say so I mean that's that's part of the reason that that Cole is worth paying the price for is Buxton's out Polanco's on the IL um they're just it's not as strong of them like Minnesota's been a pretty solid offense this year but they're missing some pieces right now for sure
1: yeah it was it Dylan sees over the weekend eight two-thirds yeah eight and two-thirds gave up a single to areas um shocking like <laughs> The one guy, like, if you're Dylan season and you have, you're one out of way, he's, like, the last guy in the lineup you want to see. For um, sure. I think I would have just walked him. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm not even joking. Like, right? unintentionally, intentionally walk him. I mean, what, they were up, like, 9 nothing or something, right? Like, I would have pitched around him. You have to know no. the guys. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Jake Cave's 2K. You can take him for cheap home run potential. There you go. Um, I'm not playing. I'm not playing anybody from Minnesota today. Um, I'm probably not playing anybody from the Yankees outside of Aaron Judge. But I mean, a one off at 6,400 is expensive. But I mean, instead of 54 home runs now, um, he is insane. He is going off, and he's on pace to hit what 70, close to 70. I don't think he keeps the pace. I think it was 68 or something. But I definitely think he gets over 60, 65. But I don't know if he gets to 70.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he gets to 70. If if he gets over 61, is he considered the all-time I mean like the the Bonds Maguire Sosa totals, like those are all tainted, right? So is 61 still the true number or what I don't know. That it'll be interesting to see looking back like if he gets over 61 and nobody does it for the next 10 years or something, be interesting to see how that how his season is viewed, but he is absolutely just head and shoulders above the rest of the league. I don't even know who has the most home runs outside of them, but they're they're under 40 I believe. Um he he's far and away the home run leader. Um yeah. just incredible stuff that he's doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, 2006 Ryan Howard hit 57, 58. I think it's 58 home runs. Um and outside of like Bonds and them, that's like the most we've had in the season. But I mean, even okay Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, they're all tainted. Yes. Okay. I hear you. It's still really hard to hit a home run in baseball. Like the IAN coordination is still really hard to do. Like, I don't know. You got to beat 73, in my opinion. But I mean, fair enough. You know, um, and I'm not, I, I was never a huge Barry Bonds fan. But I mean, we don't know what Babe Ruth and Roger Maris and them did back in the day either. So are they tainted like i don't know ryan howard's tainted i mean jimmy fox (laughs) in 1930 right like he hit 57 (laughs) or 58
2: like i don't know yeah i mean there's levels to that like bonds is a hall of famer no doubt about it um without steroids or whatever whatever he was doing um i don't know that he would have hit 73 home runs though like he could he have got over 61 yeah i think so what do, you, what do you have gotten all the way to 73? That That's where it, it starts to get into the gray area for me. But absolutely a Hall of Famer, one of the best baseball players ever to live with or without any substances.
1: Yeah, but also, like, I don't know, Sammy Sosa and McGuire, they had much better ballparks than San Francisco, too. Like, Bonds did that playing yeah, in San Francisco. Like, how many home runs would Bonds hit in Philly? Like, think of Ryan Howard. They built that ballpark kind of for left handed power. I don't know. It's weird, but I still think you got to beat 73. That's what you got to do. I do. I do like judges chances to get over 61 this year. And like that brings out the conversations like as a, as a, as much of a Red Sox fan as I am, I mean, it's still, you got to respect the talent of Aaron judge and he's crushing the ball this year. It's
2: fantastic to watch for sure. Do we have any other thoughts on this one? No, I don't think so. I'm, the Yankees are are fine. Play, play some judge. like They're struggling so much compared to what they have been. Even Donaldson, T- Torres. Um, we'll see what young kids are in the lineup. Um, Cabrera is 3,100. But I, I don't have a ton of interest in them uh, against Ryan.
1: Yeah, watch the weather in this one in Baltimore. Both of those games um, have issues that you got to watch, pay attention to. All right, up next, we got Cincinnati at Chicago. It sounds like it's going to be Justin Dunn and Wade Miley facing off here. Um, No total out for this game. It's Wrigley. It's going to be cold. Uh, Okay, not freezing by any means, but it's going to be like 65 degrees with 10-mile-an-hour wind blowing in at Wrigley today. Um, I just don't know if we could take advantage of it. What are your thoughts here
2: on Justin Dunn? If the wind were not blowing in 10 miles an hour, the Cubs would be the top stack on the slate. Um Dunn has been pretty pretty bad, 2.7 home runs per nine. Um Sierra is up at 4.87. Just he's he's not a good pitcher. Um he's going to benefit from that win because he's an extreme fly ball guy. That probably takes the Cubs stack out of play. They're they're a little bit banged up too. Um, like Wisdom is on the I.L. Contreras has been dealing with his ankle for t- like two, two, three weeks now. So it's, it's not a strong Cubs lineup. Maybe the wind is helpful for Dunn. Uh, I mean, it's definitely going to be helpful for him, but I still don't think I want to play him. Uh, strikeouts are still below 20%. It just, he walks too many guys. And and again, there's this $4,800 pitcher that, that we're going to talk about. I just don't think that I need to go into this range. Um because of the, the great matchup for Myers.
1: <laughs> I'm tempted. I, I really <laughs> am. Um I really want to see what WeatherEdge has to say about this game. And if you're a premium member, it's included in premium. I would suggest looking at it every single day. It's a phantom- phenomenal tool. I want to see what WeatherEdge has to say. Because like you said, he's a massive fly ball guy. But he has strikeouts. And he has, like, he struggles with walks. And, I mean, you're not too concerned about that with the Cubs. But, like, if Contreras doesn't play again, I don't know. We'll have to see. Do you think Contreras is, like, at that point where he's like, hey, I'm a free agent at the end of the year. and hey, I probably don't want to push it.
2: No, he's, like, legitimately dealing with someone like with, with an ankle injury, and I don't know why they haven't just put him on the injured list. Um, he tried to play a couple of days ago, and he was, like, limping around the bases for, like, his first two at-bats, and they finally pulled him mid-game, and he hasn't played since since then. That was back on August 30th. So I have no idea why he's not on the injured list, but he is definitely dealing with an ankle injury uh, that is severely bothering him. So I don't know why they haven't just put him on the injured list and shut him down for for a couple weeks. What what do they have to gain by keeping him out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially for him in general. Do you have um, any interest in Wade Miley on the other side here?
2: No, I don't. Um, just not enough strikeouts. He's been hurt the majority of the season. Um, he did make five rehab starts, so I'm not that concerned about the leash. He's probably fully stretched out. Um, Cincinnati, not, not a strong offense, but again, just not, not a ton of strikeout upside. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's really another quick. cheap pitcher. Yep. Go on.
1: Just really quick. I hate to interrupt you, but like he made five rehab starts, but he made four, they shut him down for two weeks and he came back and he only threw 54 pitches in his last one.
2: Okay. I, I missed the intricacies of that. So that is interesting to note. Yeah. Cause so maybe he is not fully stretched out. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he is. So, um, yeah, good call. So we're probably looking at like 65-75 pitches. Um, definitely takes him out of play. I don't think he was really in play anyway, despite the matchup.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Cincinnati bullpen's so bad, but um, any interest here in... I mean, both of these bullpens are bad. That's what I was trying to say. Any interest in the Cincinnati bats here?
2: Um, not a ton. Um, just There's no talent in this lineup. Um Miley is a is a strong ground ball pitcher. It is his first start on a major league mound in a very long time. Um, so i I mean the Reds are also really cheap. I guess depending on the weather. Um if that wind's blowing in and it's reducing home runs by I don't know, 15, 20% or more, it's gonna be tough because Miley does just doesn't allow a ton of fly balls in the first place. Um, but the reds are super cheap. I think maybe a three man value stack would could be in play. Um, you do like a Solano Senzel there's not even not even three hitters I want to play in this lineup honestly farmer I guess at thirty six hundred but I'm not afraid of Miley. the Cubs bullpen has been bad, like you said, and the Reds are really cheap. so I want to have interest here. There's just not a lot of talent in the lineup.
1: Yeah, I think you're gonna to have to look and see what the lineup looks like you know Senzel, Aquino if he's in there um Spencer steer just kind of looking at cheap bats, I think is you know, one to three of these guys and you know kind of just make a mini stack of this game with three people uh like Reyes on the other side I think is super strong play against Dunn he has that power Ian Hap, Suzuki Morel, like just taking three hitters from this game with two bad pitchers I mean the wind stinks the fact that it's chilly at 65 degrees um that's I that feel like a winter day by the way and like florida but yeah i mean (laughs) i just it's tough for me i think overall i don't mind bats in this game but i'm not full stacking this game
2: yeah i think if we had different weather conditions this game would actually become pretty chalky because of the pricing here but that the cold weather and the wind blowing in at wrigley is a is a big deal that makes it makes it tough to roster these guys even at these prices prices
1: all right, cruising along, we got Washington at St. Louis, Espino against Quintana. Any interest here in Espino? No, not
2: against the St. Louis lineup. Um, very talented lineup, very patient. Espino doesn't have a ton of strikeouts. Um, I like the St. Louis stacker.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, he's just really struggling with hard contact and fly balls to righties. Um, you know, 227 iso. 40% fly balls and 45% hard contact, only generating 13% soft contact against righties this season. That's not what you want when you have to. Like, O'Neill's healthy now. Like, it's not what you want when you have O'Neill, Goldschmidt, Aranato back to back to back. They're all three of these guys hit lefties and righties well. So, yeah, no interest for me. And Espino, Jose Cutana, 7,500 on the other side of this game. Washington has some bad lineups that they roll out nowadays. And Quintana, he's not someone that typically gets blown up. He'll give out one or two runs. Um, he's been struggling a little bit here recently. Any interest here in Jose Quintana?
2: I really don't. Um, just not a big strikeout guy. Like, the price tag is fine. He he probably gives you five or six innings of, like you said, two or three runs. I just – like that's not not really what I'm looking for in tournaments. Um, I would much rather take shots on on guys that have more risk. Like I think Quintana is very safe, but I just the upside is what concerns me. Um, Washington, despite being a not a great lineup, they don't strike out a ton. Still, I don't. I just I don't like playing Quintana. I don't see the upside. He's kind of come back to the pitcher that I view him as the last three or four starts. Like he had a phenomenal start to this season with Pittsburgh and then was, was pretty good in his first couple of starts with, with uh, St. Louis, but kind of come back down to earth. And he's just, he's a, he's an average starting pitcher is what he is. And that there's just not enough upside there for me.
1: I don't love it today. I think that I'm more likely to take a shot on like Joe Ryan instead, you know, again, in a tougher matchup. Yep. All right, let's talk hitters here. Anything on the Washington side?
2: Mm, I mean, pricing again here is super cheap. If you need the need the pricing to make some things work, I don't hate that. Uh Lane Thomas is really cheap if he's near the top of the order. Manessas has got some power, but that the price tag on him is is coming up. Like I said, Cantana is not, he's not a gas can by any means. Um, but he is he's a solid average major league starting pitcher so i don't love the full stack um it's a couple of cheap pieces like ruiz would be a cheap catching option uh thomas near minimum price if he's leading off in the outfield Rob or robles would depending on which one of those guys like i don't mind two or three value pieces to make this to make some other things work uh but not a full stack for me
1: Manessas is just absolutely crushing lefties. Um, yep. He's expensive now, but he's going to be very low-owned. And you can use him in the outfield now, so you don't have to use him at that first base spot. Don't mind him. There's somebody else. Um, Vargas. Vargas has been hitting lefties well. He has. Yeah. He's 2200, so maybe a little two-man stack. But I hate stacking against Jose Quintana. He's so good um, at keeping the ball in the ballpark. Espino, I want to target him. I love the Cardinals. They're uh, one of my favorite stacks to pivot off of course. I mean, I don't really have much else to add
2: outside of that. I, I like them a lot in this spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. Um, Goldschmidt is a contender for the MVP. 6200 is a, a massive price to pay, but he's, he's absolutely worth it in this matchup. You talked about Espino's struggles with hard contact and fly balls to righties. Um, that sets up Goldschmidt, Arenado, O'Neill in a, a fantastic spot. And then the lefties are cheap to kind of help make the stack work. Um, Newt Barr has been playing really well. He's 3,300. I, I don't mind playing Gorman with his power at 4,100. The other thing about targeting Espino is the Washington bullpen is also really bad. So if they can get Espino out of there in four innings and and have five innings off of this bullpen – I I am right there with you. St. Louis is one of my favorite stacks on the on the entire slate. When you look
1: at like the season numbers, they're not going to look terrible. But look at the last thirty days for this bullpen after the trade deadline, it's yep. way different. Same day, it's kind of the same thing with the Cubs. Yep. Texas at Houston. Gosh, every time, every time I have to intro this, it makes me laugh inside. <laughs> Seven and a half total in this one. The Astros a two. 65 favorite on most books here. Glenn Otto against Framer Valdez. Any interest here in Glenn Otto?
2: No, not against this Houston team. Just no strikeout ability. Too many walks. Tough matchup. No thanks.
1: Yeah, no interest for me. A guy that almost walks guys higher than he strikes guys out. Gives up a lot of hard contact. Valdez, I mean, he's going to go out and have a, a solid outing here. He's just 10K. Yeah, I mean, he's put up monster games against this team in two of his last four starts, you know, 29.8 and 32.2, and eight strikeouts in each of those matchups. Like, he probably should be 10K in this spot. I don't know if I could do it. His strikeout rate is up lately. And I mean, I've dug in, dug and dug, and I can't figure it out. I mean, I hate that. But, what are your thoughts here on Framer Valdez?
2: Yeah, I mean, i'm I'm like, you, I just I want those strikeouts if I'm playing ten k for a pitcher, and historically, he has not been that guy. I know he's he's, like you said, struck out he Rangers in two of his in the last two times he's faced them. i I will say he's going to go extremely deep into the game. You're probably getting seven innings out of him with the upside for a complete game he's going to keep the ball on the ground and limit the damage. And if he wrecks up six to eight Ks, he can pay off his price tag. I just, I don't know. I, I would much rather play a higher strikeout pitcher with a little bit more risk. Um, yeah. I mean, he's certainly in play. I wouldn't try to talk anyone off of him. It's He's just not typically the type of pitcher that I, that I target for tournaments. So, I mean,
1: in his two starts against Texas, he's thrown a lot more cutters than he and then he typically does but i mean even looking at like their stats against cutters they're, they're not bad against cutters so i i don't know i honestly have no idea why he has eight strikeouts in three of his last four starts because it everything i'm looking at for valdez is the exact same all year pitch velocity everything um even like looking at like spin rate and stuff I I don't know Um, looking at like the movement I mean it's all so close to what it's been all year I mean his movement's been a little bit like a tick better over the last five starts but I don't know my initial reaction is don't play 10k for him but I don't know we'll see how it plays out
2: yeah, I mean, I definitely like the two guys right below him better. Um, and even we talked about Joe Ryan. Like, I, I there's so many options on this slate that I think can give you more strikeout upside. I probably don't get to him much, but like I said, I wouldn't try to talk anybody out of it. Like, he he has been really good here all season long. Let's talk bats. Any interest in Texas bats? No, I mean, even even not wanting to play Valdez, he's an extreme ground ball pitcher. Um, but even the control has been decent for him recently, which is typically his only weakness. So I'm, I'm not playing any Texas bats against him.
1: Yeah, I don't have any interest in Texas bats. That's why it's like it's tough not to have interest in Valdez. It's just, I don't know. I wish I knew where the strikeouts were coming from. I mean the Houston bats and Houston's a great stack today. Otto is a guy that struggles with walks, he struggles with command. He's not a huge strikeout guy. Um, fire
2: up the Houston stack today. Yeah, completely there with you. Um another expensive stack. Um, yeah, I mean, I just Alvarez has has fallen off a little bit, but still just an absolutely elite hitter. Uh Kyle Tucker, prices up, don't care. Gonna play him against Otto. Um, Bregman has turned it on a little bit here actually after struggling to be in the season. So don't mind him. Altuve is great. Um, I, I don't know if you can get to three of those guys Two certainly uh, because you have guys like Mancini down there at 4,200, if he's in the lineup, Guriel's 3,300, and you're going to get some cheap outfielders as well, like, like McCormick uh, or whoever else cracks the lineup, but like, there's going to be some value pieces in this lineup to help, to help you get up to at least two of those studs. Um, but Alvarez, Altuve, Tucker, Bregman are, are certainly the guys you want.
1: Cleveland at Kansas City, Bieber going up against Bubich today. Seven and a half total in this one. Guardians, a 190 favorites. Um, I mean, any interest here in Bieber at 10 6?
2: Yeah, another guy whose Ks have kind of exploded here recently. Um velocity has been down all season and it looked like he was kind of settling into that 24, 25% strikeout rate. And that's just where he was going to live this season. Um, Then his velocity ticked up like three or four starts ago. Like he was back up to around that 93 mark where he was an absolutely elite, like 30% strikeout pitcher. Um, but then it's come back down the last couple of starts. So <laughs> I don't know exactly where Bieber is going to fall on the strikeout spectrum, um, but this matchup against Kansas city, I do like. Um, you know he's going to go deep into the game. One of the best best leachers in baseball. I th- I think he can give you nine or ten strikeouts. Where, but I would rather pay 10-6 for Beaver than I would ten K for Valdez because I think he has that ten K upside in him, and, and I'm not sure that Valdez does. Um, this Kansas City team strikes out much more than they did to begin the season after they traded away several high contact bats. Um, so I do like this matchup for Bieber. I think you can save some money on other pitchers and get the same upside. So I, he won't be one of my highest on pitchers, but he's definitely in play. Like I, I like the matchup for him, and and I like what I'm seeing out of the strikeout rate right here over his last five or six starts.
1: Kansas City, the team. If you look at like their season long stats, they're like 22. If you look at like the last 30 days, they're at like 25 and a half percent strikeouts. Yep. Yeah. Like way different. And I mean you can like small sample sizes or you can't, but you have to kind of adjust because some of these teams moved a lot of key pieces and Kansas city was obviously one of them. So, I mean, the, the front three Melendez Witt, Perez, three solid hitters. They still strike out a lot, but I mean, once you get past those guys Prado's shown a little bit of power, but he's also striking out at a massive clip. Um, so definitely like Bieber here. Do I play him over Cole? I don't know. Probably not. Um, but I mean, like my three lineups, there's a good chance that like maybe two go Garrett Cole and one goes Bieber. But it also depends on that Yankees game weather. That could really mix things up and like bring Bieber into play a lot more. But I don't know. I like Kyle Wright a lot on the slate and we haven't got to him yet. Um, I just spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Bubich uh, against? the
2: guardians. I don't think I can do it. Like Bubich started to show some stuff. Um, a couple like he had a great run of four or five starts where, where the strikeouts were way up and he was looking really good, but his last couple, um, the strikeouts have completely went away. He's lost the control again. Just this matchup against Cleveland. I don't have any interest. I don't think there's enough strikeout upside Cleveland, the lowest strikeout team in baseball. Um, and Bubich just has not had their strikeout stuff here recently over his last three, so um I'm out on him.
1: Yeah, no interest in Bubich. Honestly, not a ton of interest in the Cleveland Bats. Uh, I mean, they're, they just don't have a ton of power. Like, yeah, Jose Ramirez is in a great spot. Rosario is solid, but he's 4,900. Um, Oscar Gonzalez is somewhat interesting here at 3,100, but Overall, I mean, I don't love Cleveland. I just, I don't think they have a ton of power.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a tough team to stack because they're all just like contact hitters, basically. Um, Naylor's lefty-lefty, who's the one guy that does have some power outside of Ramirez, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, Jose Ramirez is somebody I definitely want to play against Bubich, but I just I don't know who I want to stack him with in this lineup, so um, another expensive one-off situation. Which stings. Yep.
1: Any interest in the Kansas City bets?
2: Um, I mean, not really. I think Witt and Perez and Melendez are guys that you can always play. Um, Melendez and Perez because of their position. Witt because of a, a unique power and speed combination. I don't know that I, w- I would play all three of them together because they're expensive. Um, I, d- I definitely am not stacking against Beaver. Just a really solid pitcher. Um, but I don't. I don't mind any of the top three as as one offs.
1: All right, we got Milwaukee at Colorado. Cool and Woodruff facing off in this one. Brewers a one ninety favorite. This game opened at ten and a half. It's up to eleven already. Um,
2: any interest here in Brandon Woodruff? A different slate, I would say. I might have some interest here. Um, like Milwaukee's pitchers have all kind of taken a step back this season. Um, that includes Woodruff, um, definitely inc- includes Corbin Burns. We saw Hader traded away, and he's really struggled. Like whatever magic they had going on in Milwaukee is kind kind of went away. I, Woodruff is not an elite level ace at, like we've seen in the past couple of years, and this slate is is absolutely loaded, particularly in this low nine k range where where, Woodruff, where Woodruff's price sits. So, in Coors Field, I, I don't think Colorado is a great offense. Uh, even in cores. So I wouldn't have a problem using him here, but don't think it's a slate where you need to do it. He is dramatic, like dramatic, um, drastic.
1: Sorry. Um tired. He is drastic, like home road splits this year. Um, and I know everyone doesn't love home road splits, but like home 244 Woba allowing a 180 average. On the road, he is a 337 Woba with a 266 average. So 13 home. Earn runs at home and 32 earned runs on the road This year so I mean everything xfip 2.5 At home 4.1 on the road Whip 0.84 1.44 like Strikeout to walks 29% Compared to 16% like He has drastic home road Splits um I mean That could be so many different things But Definitely don't want to play him in course today at 9400 and then I'm definitely not playing Chad Cool. Definitely not doing that. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, the Brewers, I mean, they're the top stack on the slate today. Chad Cool, 5.6x FIP, 17% Ks, walks 10% of guys, gives up a ton of fly balls and hard contact. Like the Brew Crew is by far the best stack on the slate. And they're not priced like they're in cores. I mean, this is going to be a very, very popular stack today.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um the lefties in particular, Tellez, is only forty two hundred. That's a ridiculous price. Uh Colton Wong at thirty-seven hundred underpriced. Adamus is maybe the one that is appropriately priced at fifty five hundred, and even Renfro being the second highest hitter. Um Yelich at forty-four. I was gonna yeah. say I think
1: Renfro is like a thousand dollars too cheap.
2: Yeah, I mean, he certainly has the power. Um, I mean, he it would not surprise me to see him hit two home runs at all in this spot. Um, yeah, I i agree they're the top stack on the slate. I think I'd be okay fading them, honestly. The Brewers are just – they're all home runner bus, which is is not a bad thing for tournaments. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> kind of exactly what you want. But if they're going to be extremely high-owned, I think that they, they can fail often enough in this spot where you could get away with fading them but agree like on paper they're they're the best stack on the slate for sure
1: so like in a single entry i could definitely see it in a three entry max i could see playing one out of three i don't know if i fully fade but i could see being underweight um yeah. if i'm running like 150 or even like a 20 entry max 20 entry max is really popular nowadays um one of my favorite contests out there i just i don't know i struggle with Fully fading them. But, I mean, I definitely could see being underweight on them. I could see being overweight on them, too. I mean, said Renfro... Chad Cool tries to attack righties with sinkers, which don't sink in cores, and sliders. And Renfro crushes both of those pitches. And he has a lot of power against righties in general. So, um, if we were allowed to take a home run in cores, Renfro would be my home run call on the day today. Like, I have that much confidence in the spot for him. I like the Rockies today as well. Um, Brandon Woodruff's a big name. He's a very talented pitcher. The Rockies are more expensive than the Brewers. The Brewers are going to be the team everybody's looking at. But, I mean, I just pointed out this dude's been a lot worse on the road this year. And going into Coors is like the last place you want to go. I mean, that or the Great American Small Park. But, like, what are your thoughts here on the Colorado Bats?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not as high on them as as you are. Um maybe it's too much respect for Woodruff. You make some very interesting points. And like my, my initial lean was they're they're overpriced for this matchup against Woodruff. I don't see them putting like blowing up Woodruff for six runs. It's not out of the question. I just I don't know that it's very likely. Um yeah, I'll have to take a harder look at it. Uh, I know Woodruff has had a, a massive K rate to lefties this season and the Rockies are pretty right-handed heavy. So I think that, that side of the argument makes sense. Uh, but the Rockies just don't have a ton of talent like CJ Krohn and, and Brendan Rodgers. I can get on board with that. Grichik for sure. I, I don't mind. Um, but this, it's not a great lineup. Um, obviously the best ball, ballpark in baseball, but initially looking at this matchup against Woodruff, I, I was thinking I'd be underweight on him, but very curious to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah. Well, like, okay. So home road splits, I don't always love them, but like I went and I looked, I was like, all right, maybe he's just had really tough, like opponents. The Cubs have tagged him on the road. Pittsburgh's tagged him twice on the road. Cincinnati tagged him on the road, which is okay. Um, St. Louis, San Francisco. He just got crushed by Arizona on the road. Um, the Cubs like two weeks ago did well against, I don't know. I, I mean, Pittsburgh's tagged him twice on the road this year. So Woodruff is somebody when he's struggling, he'll give up home
2: runs too. I don't know. I, I like the Rockies. Um, they're, they are going to have several of these younger guys. Like they're in evaluation mode. The Rockies aren't going anywhere. They're going to have guys like Toglia and Bouchard or Montero. Like there's going to be some pun options in this lineup too um so i guess when when looking at it like like on paper looking at brendan rogers at 4600 against a a talented pitcher in woodruff i don't love that matchup but when looking at it as a a full stack when you can include a couple of 2k hitters in there um i suppose the stack does make more sense than i than i was initially looking at it
1: yeah i just i mean i like the ownership idea and the Brewers bullpen. I mean, this is a top three bullpen in the last few years, and like they're an average bullpen this year. Um, I don't know. Definitely want to see with ownership. Like, if the Rockies are going to get a lot of ownership against Woodruff, I probably don't play a lot of them, but I'm thinking the Rockies are all going to be under 10% owned today. Yeah, course.
2: I'm with you on that. I think you're right.
1: Yeah. All right. We got Detroit out of LA taking on the Angels rodriguez eduardo rodriguez going up against mike mares um eight to eight and a half total most books here for this one angels a 150 favorite any interest here in eduardo rodriguez
2: i really don't um it's been a really weird season for for eduardo rodriguez um the Angels strike out a lot. I know that. But with Trout back, they're just, and even Fletcher, who's a high contact bat, has been leading off. They're just not the same team that was so attackable there for like a month or two while Trout was out. Um I just I don't trust Eduardo Rodriguez. Um I'd I'd rather get up to that eight K range or punt on the other side of the game.
1: So you're telling me that a lineup is better with Mike Trout in it? I
2: never, yeah, I mean, that might be the case. Oh, man,
1: never would have guessed that. All joking aside, Eduardo Rodriguez this year really hasn't shown that like big strikeout stuff that he did with Boston before he got hurt. He's struggling with walks. His ex-fip is one of the highest of his career. Um, I mean, there was a time earlier this year even like a few weeks ago, we were streaming pitchers against the angels and it's just not the same right now. So I'm going to pass and I have to assume this is the cheap pitcher that you've been waiting and waiting to talk about.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a right-handed pitcher against Detroit and he's $4,800. That could be the end of the argument right there.
1: He has good strikeout uh, stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's I was like, he is an average strikeout pitcher, uh, 21.3% on the season. The walks are, are a little bit high but nothing nothing egregious 8.3%. Like this is a pitcher with solid skills. Um they he went down to the minors and got fully stretched out after pitching out of the bullpen for for most of the season. He came up and he had a great start against Tampa Bay. Um struggled a little bit in his last one against the Yankees, but it's it's the Yankees. Like this is an average starting pitcher in my mind. I think you're getting five solid innings with upside for five or six strikeouts maybe even seven or eight if it's going really well against this horrible Detroit offense um he is at least two thousand dollars under price probably three thousand yep
1: um I mean the fact that they've shown that they'll let him go in the 90s pitch wise that's all I needed to know yeah I mean could he struggle with walks yeah sure they're just not a very heavy walk team. Um, he has good strikeout stuff against righties. They don't have a ton of power. I mean, there is worse things that you could do here today. So no issues with taking shots of him. If he's chalk, do we stack Detroit or are we just, we're just not doing it no matter what?
2: <laughs> I don't think I'm stacking Detroit. They're, they're the laugh, worst offensive baseball. but it's baseball. a
1: fair question.
2: It, 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 yeah, I mean, if he's coming in, 25% plus owned. Yes. It's, it's absolutely a fair question. Um, just, I don't know who who Javi Baez is not shown the ability to do He's anything. year. awful <laughs> yeah. this year. I mean, it's like, I, I get the game theory angle of it. You certainly would have to take a look at it. Um, I don't know how often people are going to be comfortable going this low, especially when you have all of the high upside pitching on the slate that we do um so i'll I'll be very curious to see where that ownership number falls
1: yeah i probably don't play detroit regardless um they just mean that this is the reason that we have interest in Mayor is, is because this team's just been awful i will say that like carrie carpenter ever since they've called him up he's shown that i mean he has a little bit of pop so but he strikes out a ton so who knows yeah. What are we doing with the Angels um,
2: here against Rodriguez? Taylor Ward at 3,200 is, is the, the price that jumps out. Fletcher's going to lead off for 3,100 probably. And then you've got two of the best hitters in baseball. That's pretty close to a stack there. It's They're not going to be one of my highest owned stacks by any means, but in a, in a 20 max build, I might have two of them. Um, I think they're, they're certainly in play just because of the, the price on Ward and, and Fletcher. Uh, to go along with Trout and Otani, I think that that puts them in play for me.
1: Yeah, maybe a mini stack. Uh, like if you're if you're okay if you're stacking the Angels, you have to get Trout and Otani. Like uh, you start right there, and you you got to kind of work from there. Um
2: Yeah, I mean Stassi is twenty seven hundred against the lefty.
1: Good cheap catcher. I mean, Nifo is 3,900. You can put him at second base. He's showing some power against left-handed pitching this year. Yeah, I mean, the command is what you're attacking here with Rodriguez, so I don't hate it overall. It's just it's not going to look pretty. Arizona at San Diego. We got Kelly and Musgrove facing off in this one. This game has a seven total, and the Padres are a 170 favorite here any interest in Merrill Kelly?
2: No interest in Kelly. Um, just too tough of a matchup against San Diego. Like they're, they're a really tough team to target for DFS because they walk so much and they don't strike out a ton. Um, Kelly has been, he's had a fantastic season, but I mean, I don't think he's in the same tier as the, the Musgrove, Kyle Wright, even Joe, like he he might be in the Joe Ryan tier, uh, but he's certainly not in the, the Bieber Cole tier. Like, just too tough of a matchup. The, he, he's overpriced for this matchup.
1: I wish they would have attempted us again. Um, if he was, like, 8,100 again, like what he was against Milwaukee last start, like, I might have pulled the trigger. Um, I've played Kelly more than I want to admit here recently. He's had a great season. My problem with San Diego is, like you said, they walk a lot and they don't strike out a lot. So I'm more interested to see, like, if Kelly's like strikeout prop is like if it comes in at like six and a half in this spot, I think I take the under. I, I really do. I think that's where I'm looking at Kelly today. Uh, I think his his strikeout upside is actually limited in this spot. So I mean, that's <laughs> that'd be my exposure to Merrill Kelly today. Um, Musgrove on the other side of this game he could go out and have a, a strong outing here at 9,500. He has strikeout stuff, but Arizona is a pesky team too. They walk a lot. They don't strike out a ton either. We have some pitchers on this slate. What are we doing here with Joe Musgrove?
2: Yeah, he's just – he's another one of these guys. I think he's fine. Um, I think he's going to be low owned because he's right next to Kyle Wright in the salary tier who has a, a much better matchup. Um. Like you said, Musgrove has that 10 strikeout stuff that he he just breaks out every once in a while. So if he's under 10%, I don't hate taking some shots, getting overweight on that in tournaments. Um, I, I mean, Wright is obviously the on paper better play, but Musgrove definitely has strikeout stuff in his bag and a very, very talented starting pitcher. So don't hate it. I think he makes sense as a pivot off a of right for tournaments. Um, his ownership will dictate how much of him I play.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's a good point. Kind of look at his ownership and see what he ends up with today. Um,
2: I mean, if Kyle Wright's twenty percent and and Musgrove is five percent, then I probably play fifteen twenty percent Musgrove and and go underweight on Kyle Wright. Um, if they're both in around fifteen percent, then I probably just go overweight on Kyle Wright. So, just kind of have to see how that shakes out.
1: Uh any interest in the Arizona batters here?
2: I don't. Um Musgrove is just a talented pitcher. Um like I don't love the pricing on them. Uh Corbin Carroll is still around minimum price. Very talented young hitter. Uh, but Musgrove is just solid, doesn't get blown up a ton. Definitely not stacking against him. So I don't I don't mind Carroll as a cheap one off or or maybe pair him with an Alec Thomas or another one of these cheap guys, but not looking to pay up against Musgrove and not looking to stack against him.
1: Yeah, I don't love bats in this game in general. I mean, you could play, you know, Juan Soto, Musgrove, or um, Kelly is tough on righties, so I don't know how much Machado I would play here. But, I mean, you could play Juan Soto in any matchup. My biggest concern and biggest like, hesitation on, like, Juan Soto. Juan Soto is a phenomenal hitter. He has a 24% K rate, and, like, that's the biggest difference between, like, him and, like, Aaron Judge. Like, elite, elite hitters. But, I mean, Judge walks at, like, a 13% clip. So he's giving you more ceiling. I mean, these guys are going to walk anytime you have a power hitter that has when they when they get a spot where i mean first base is open these guys are not going to see anything it's just that's how it is and that's how baseball is played but i mean soto he has such a good eye <laughs> that yeah. it it kind of hurts his ceiling overall um on the dfs side of things
2: yeah i mean you you break that down 24% walks that's like one one at least one walk a game that takes away an at bat where he could do potentially much more damage than just walking to first base. And even if he scores a run after he gets on, like you'd much rather him hit the double and then score or, or hit the home run. It would be the ideal thing. So I, I definitely agree. Like he's, he doesn't have the highest upside despite probably being just as far as like pure hitters go um, among the absolute best in baseball.
1: Yeah. I mean, playing in San Diego doesn't help. Yeah. So All right, we got the White Sox and – man, that lineup next year with Tatis, oof, (laughs) it's crazy. White Sox and Mariners, uh, Cueto and Gilbert. This game has a seven total. The Mariners are a 150 favorite here. Um, Any interest in Johnny Cueto?
2: No interest in Johnny Cueto. The Mariners are a a sneaky good offense. Um, 8,700 is too much for for Cueto's skill set. 16% K rate.
1: Yeah, I think that's what at the end of the day it just comes down to. Could he go out and have a solid game and score 20 DK points? Or, Yeah, I mean, sure, he could. Um, That's just not enough for 8,700 today. It's not. Um, Gilbert, on the other side of this game, Coming off of like his best start um since like early this year, like he finally put together a good start, and, and hey, it was against
2: Detroit. <laughs> um
1: I mean the White sox they're not the greatest offense in the world. Any interest here in Gilbert at eighty five hundred
2: i kinda I kind of do have interest, uh and not because he just had nine strikeouts in his last game against Detroit um I, I don't know like the the strikeout rate with him is what I can't figure out. He, he is going to go pretty deep into the game. He's been 90-plus pitches for, you know what, even saying that, like looking at his recent recent logs, the Mariners have really backed off on him. I know earlier in the season he was going over 100 with regularity. This recent stretch here, he hasn't been over 100 since uh, the All-Star break, it looks like. So they have really come down on his leash in the second half of the season, which makes sense. I mean, in like – they, I think they've realized that they might have to make a, a playoff run, and Logan Gilbert's going to be a huge part of that, um, a young pitcher who hasn't logged that many innings in a season before. So <laughs> I, I think I have less interest now just looking at that than I originally did in him. Um, just I like the matchup against the White Sox, a team that has struggled all season long offensively. I think Gilbert's a really talented pitcher. The, I was on the fence about the strikeout stuff before because – Like It it disappeared there for a while. Um, We did see it, but it was against Detroit in his last last matchup. The White Sox are not a team that strikes out a ton. Now that it it appears they're going to kind of hold him in that 90-pitch range, uh, I'm a little bit more concerned than I was. I I initially had a ton of interest in in Gilbert when I uh, looked at the slate, but there's a a lot of upside on the slate, and I'm not sure that Gilbert uh, quite has enough for me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pass on Gilbert today. Um pitch count is obviously concerning, like you said the Mariners I mean, they're they did in the, the wild. the
2: same thing with G- with George Kirby too. They've totally backed off on his pitch count. You mean
1: they're the, so here's the thing with Seattle. I mean, they're a top 10 bullpen. Um yeah. their bullpen's been phenomenal this year. Um some some have them as like a top 5 bullpen. I know they have like the second best whip as a bullpen in baseball uh behind the Dodgers. So, I mean, it's obviously concerning um, on a on a big slate like this that Gilbert he's been pitching okay just hasn't been dominant in like eighty five hundred. Same thing for like Cueto. Uh, I'm not running to play White Sox bats against him or this bullpen. I mean, this game has a seven total for a reason.
2: Yeah, I, I don't have any interest in the White Sox at all. I I think Gilbert's a really solid pitcher. Um, the White Sox have, have been a team. That has just struggled all year like I don't know i'm I'm not gonna play them I don't think until unless I go on like a massive tear i'm just i'm I'm out on the white sox I we've chased them being an elite offense all year long and it just has not worked
1: and then on the the Seattle side, I mean, I don't mind ever like taking some shots on the Seattle team. Just because this team as a whole is just so good. Cueto is hittable. He has a low strikeout rate. He does a good job of, you know, generating ground balls and not giving up home runs. But when you can't strike out Haniger and Rodriguez and Riley, they're going to hit the ball hard on you. So I don't mind looking at like Seattle more as like a mini stack, um, just to like have a different type of stack out there today.
2: Yeah, I can get on on board with that. Um, Quato a tough guy to attack because he, he does generate a lot of soft contact. Um, but they don't, they don't, he doesn't strike out a ton, like you mentioned. And when you have elite power bats like Rodriguez, Haniger, Suarez, um, yeah, I, I, they're definitely in play. The pricing is a little bit tough. Um, I mean, Winker is still down there at 3,800. That's a, a guy I've tried to play all season long, just hasn't quite worked out um but yeah i i do like the seattle stack a good amount here uh rodriguez is is certainly always playable haniger has been outstanding since he came off the il and suarez has has been awesome too uh, riley has a ton of power so yeah i mean if you can if you can find a way to afford it it's it's not the most affordable stack but i i do like those top five right there for sure
1: yeah um i just i don't think anybody's gonna play them at the end of the day and and they they are Seattle man, watch out for Seattle, making a little playoff run. They open these pitchers back up in the playoffs. Um, they have not only a good staff, a good bullpen, and a good lineup. I mean, this top five yeah. or six is it's tough. And yeah, all right, Atlanta at Oakland, seven total, seven and a half some places. Atlanta is a two twenty five favorite here. Irvin and Wright been waiting and waiting and waiting to talk about Kyle Wright. He went through a woe there where he was kind of hit or miss, but I mean, this guy has been throwing consistent innings here recently and gets a bottom three offense against Oakland. Their strikeouts have gone down a little bit here recently, but I think this is a dream spot for Kyle Wright today.
2: Yeah, and absolutely. He goes into Oakland, which is one of the best pitcher's parks in baseball um, against this really bad Oakland offense. You mentioned his, his recent form is outstanding. Um, Strikeouts have come back, um, kind of started off the season, started off the season on fire. And then like you you mentioned, the strikeouts dipped there in kind of the middle of the season, but he's had at least six in each of his last three. Seems like he's back. We know he has absolutely elite, elite stuff when he's on and he, and he gets this matchup against Oakland. With it, with a massive ballpark upgrade, so ninety seven hundred fair price. Um, absolutely love
1: it. Uh, any interest here in Irvin?
2: Just the tough, the the price is tough on on Irvin. I think there's more upside here than than usual for him because of this Atlanta team. They strike out a fair amount, and especially against lefties. I just talked about the ballpark on the other side of the matchup. So like Atlanta is a team that has a ton of power, but does that, that power translate into this park? Um, I think you could see a, a couple of those hard hit fly balls fall a little bit short, not the slate to do it for me. I, don't, I even though there's additional upside because of Atlanta strikeouts, I just, I don't know that there's enough to make me want to play them over, over guys like Joe Ryan and Kyle Wright um and then we have my my favorite pun of the day Myers as well so there's just there's a lot of solid pitching options on this slate and i'm not in love with it
1: atlanta's such a tough offense to beat in general swanson acuna riley um contreras Darno. if they play both of the catchers today um grissom is another righty like they have so Ozuna I left him out I mean they just have so many righties that I don't know if I want to play Cole Irvin I I do know I don't want to play him today um no interest for me in Cole Irvin today and don't mind Atlanta hate the ballpark um they're expensive I think there's better options today but I mean they're probably going to be really low owned so I mean for that reason maybe you take a shot
2: yeah it's it's the price and the the ballpark downgrade that is tough for me. Um, Riley has been absolutely a lead against lefties this year. So has Swanson. Um, William Contreras has as well for that matter, but like they're all very expensive in a really tough ballpark to generate offense. So I'm not terribly scared of Cole urban. I could certainly see Atlanta getting to him for, for several runs. I just, I don't know if, if they're, if they're really low owned, I'll, I'll make sure to have at least one full stack of them. Um, but the pricing is tough for the ballpark.
1: Any interest in the Oakland bats? No interest in the Oakland bats. My job is just to ask. Uh, we got the <laughs> Giants and the Dodgers. I, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be Wee Chang Hong. Um Going up against, I probably just absolutely murdered that name. But and, and Tyler Anderson facing off in this one. Um, Wee Chang Hang, maybe um we'll go with hang any interest in him here at 5k in his i'm pretty sure this is major league debut
2: uh no not against the dodgers um i look like he's been actually pretty good in triple a like and he's not a super young guy if i recall he's been around for a long time
1: he pitched in Uh, the majors with texas i knew i saw this name before in 2019
2: yeah so he's just kind of been bouncing around more of a journeyman at this point but if you, I did. I looked at his AAA game log, and he's actually been really good here recently. Uh, but I'm not playing him against the Dodgers when I I have a much better pun option, who is facing Detroit today.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think I can go there. I don't know he he was in the gosh, he was in the FCL earlier this year too, like. Or CPX, whatever you want to call it, it's the uh,
2: it's that Florida, Florida Complex League. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like their rookie league team. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing he was on a rehab assignment there.
1: I mean, he made three starts there. He's pitching AAA this year. He has good strikeout stuff in AAA. He had good strikeout stuff in AAA in 2019, and couldn't strike anybody out with Texas in five innings. But it's five innings, so really hard to this judge. Is-
2: I don't know. Yeah, this is a weird case with with all the pitch labs and things that are around. Like, I I mean, he was a decent prospect back with Texas, I think, and just never made it. I think he dealt with with several injuries. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm intrigued to watch him pitch and see what what he looks like, but just with this matchup, I I don't know if it's worth taking shots on. But that that AAA game log is really impressive. I, that is something that jumped out to me.
1: Okay, so hear me out. If you're playing 150 teams today. And you want to pick it off of Mayers, He's better, in my opinion. He's better than Espino, Cool, Dunn, Bubich, Miley, Mitch White, Glenn Otto. Any of those guys, I would take a shot on his strikeouts more than I would take a shot on any of those guys. So
2: I'm absolutely on board with with all of that. Yep.
1: In in three lineups, you're probably not playing him. But like, if you're running 150 today, and you know that Mayors is going to be popular, he's going to be popular whether it be 15 or 25%, he's going to be popular today. He's 4,800 facing Detroit. And he's shown the ability to throw 90 pitches. I mean, I don't need to say anything besides that and he's going to be popular. Um, But yeah, it's the Dodgers. It's such a tough offense to to beat in general. Tyler Anderson on the other side of this game getting to face his former team. Just, I just don't think he has enough strikeouts.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Like Tyler Anderson has had a phenomenal season. Um he is like he he was not signed by the Dodgers to to be in this rotation all year long, but dealing with those injuries that they have, he's been a lifesaver for for that rotation. He's given them really quality innings. 8100, I don't mind the price. On a different slate, I I would be absolutely interested, but I think I would play Gilbert before him. I definitely would would pay up to Musgrove or Wright before him. Um, I I would play Ryan ahead of him as well in the same price range. So it's just I don't think we really need him on the slate. Very good pitcher, just not not a ton of strikeout upside.
1: Any interest in the Giants bats here?
2: No, I mean I just I I think Anderson's. Really good. I I buy into to everything that he's doing as far as run prevention. Um, an absolutely elite control guy. I'm I'm not playing any any giants against him.
1: Yeah, and I mean the Dodgers as a stack definitely in play. You get a young pitcher. Um, I mean he's definitely shown some strikeout upside in Triple A. Um, how well is that going to translate? He's more of a flyball pitcher. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't mind looking at a Dodgers stack today.
2: Yeah, I mean, always in play, um, always expensive. Um, I guess now that they with these September call ups, it it does help kind of make it work. You can get your bets in Turner. Uh, Muncie is forty nine hundred, so not not cheap by any means, but not not over five and six k like some of the other guys. Um, and then like the vargas just got called up he's 2400 um trace thompson has been in and out of the lineup 2700 like there there are punt options in this lineup um that would help you get to the full stack i, I always look at things like that because paying 6 6500 for beths and 6 6k for turner you run out of money really quick when there when there are punt options that correlate in the same lineup um that's i love i love doing that especially if they're lower owned than than other punt options on the slate but you, you get that correlation with your studs and if they all go off together then you're really cooking
1: all right let's so play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here under 8k to get six or more strikeouts who do you got today
2: it's i'm going all the way to the bottom it's mike Mayers for me
1: yeah i mean i think he's the best option um which is crazy Honestly, I don't think anybody else in this range gets six or more strikeouts today. Um. Give me, give me, hang, give me, hang.
2: <laughs> Why not? Like it.
1: Over eight strikeouts to, or over eight K. I wrote it down as eight K, so over eight strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> over eight K to score under fifteen. Who is your bust today at the top?
2: Uh, Give me Merrill Kelly, just a tough matchup against San Diego. He's been awesome this year, but I I just don't like this spot for him.
1: I'm going to go Woodruff. Um, Could he put up 30? Sure, I think this is a spot he struggles. Over 4,000 to hit a home run, not in cores. Who do you got going yard today?
2: Uh, Give me Vladimir Guerrero. Talked about Braddish's struggles with right-handed power. The Blue Jays have a ton of it. Uh, This is a great spot for Vlad.
1: All right. I am going to go Paul Goldschmidt. I like the spot for Paul Goldschmidt. And somebody that is sitting on some one-of-one Goldschmidt cards want him. I just want him to get to 40 home runs, hit like 330, win the Triple Crown, just do all that stuff. Um, (laughs) Give me a guy under 4K to get two hits today.
2: Uh, one of the top prospects in baseball has looked incredible since he's come up. Uh, Gunnar Henderson is is just still too cheap. He's a forty five hundred dollar hitter at least. I'm not scared of Mitch White. Uh, I I love him at thirty three hundred.
1: I don't love the weather in this game, but I really like the price today on Ian Hap. He's thirty eight hundred. He's someone that wind might affect, might not affect him as much. Um, but I mean, he's been hitting the ball really well here recently, and I like Ian Hap to get two hits today. Give me a stack to score six or more runs today.
2: I'm pretty sure I'm I'm taking your stack here after we broke down the slate. I, I absolutely love St. Louis. Yeah. Um Espino is nobody to be afraid of. The Washington bullpen is terrible. The St. Louis offense has been elite.
1: All right. I I I see you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you and say. Colorado against Brandon
2: Woodruff today okay I'll, I'll allow it normally you don't allow Coors in this game but I'm the I, host I, I do what I want <laughs> it is in Coors that is that's it's saying Brandon some things Woodruff. that's not
1: yeah. I mean that's a bold call
2: absolutely I agree
1: all right Keith it's always fun any final thoughts before we get out of here
2: I don't think I have anything else today
1: All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking more baseball as we get ready for football season. Good luck, everyone. We will see you on Wednesday.